Pastor Ken, water walking. You told us a little bit about that experience over there in Hawaii. Um, maybe unpack that a little bit for us. Like, what's how has this been working in in your own life and, and what you see for Cathedral of Faith right now? Well, at that time, Vaughn, I was uh, I was on vacation with my wife and the grandkids and my daughter and Daniel and. We were blessed with being able to go over to Hawaii. And uh, I would get up early because, as I mentioned, you know, when you got grandkids, if you're going to exercise, you better <laughs> get up early because after they're up, yeah. you're going all day with them. <laughs> so, and it was a blast. But so I'd try to get up early and, uh, and I would run. I, I've, you know, I'm not a runner. Right, so <laughs> you guys know me well enough to You're know in that. safe company right now. That's right, <laughs> but uh, but it's Hawaii, yeah. and you put your earbuds in, and it takes some of the pain away. So I'd run, and I'd, I'd listen to different things on different days when mm -hmm. I would run. This one day, I had on, uh, I had on, uh, I think it was I Heart Worship, mm -hmm. uh, and. I, I, the path I was running was was just along these buildings, and then you hit the hit the beach, kind of the waters right there. And so I was running, and listening to different worship songs that were coming up. And I came around the corner, and right when I got to the area where the water started, uh, the ocean song mm. came on. Mm. And uh, in that moment, I, I know you guys had this kind of thing happen. I mean, it doesn't happen that often to me, but there was a definite shift in my spirit whereas mm. before I was just kind of running and mm. you're listening but man all of a sudden it's like your antenna are up mm. Mm. and uh and I was really locked in and mm. so I I'm running it gets to the place in the song where spirit lead me and I look up at the palm trees and they're you know the wind's blowing it out toward the ocean right mm. you can see can't see the wind but you can see the effects of the wind yeah. Yeah. it's going out toward the ocean and uh, in that moment, and it, you know, goes on to, you know, into the waters, you know, where my faith will be much stronger, you know, take me deeper. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I look out onto the water. And um, again, I'm not a great mystic. And it's hard for me to even uh, describe really mm -hmm. what I sensed in that moment. So I looked out on the water. I didn't see anything physically per se. But spiritually, it was as if Jesus was right there. I mean, right there on the waves, you know, just. And uh, and I immediately, the passage comes to mind, well, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Mm -hmm. And uh, and Jesus said, I mean, I could hear it in my spirit just as clear as we're talking. And he said, come. Mm -hmm. And uh, in that moment, um, I, I broke down. It was one of those things where you just overcome uh, mm. with presence. Mm. And I ran and I cried all the way back to the hotel room. Um, uh, even talking about it right now is just, it's a little, yeah. uh, it brings me back to that moment. And, um, and I've got to say, I didn't know exactly what it meant at that point. Um, I, I just knew it, that I wanted to position my heart every day where that became my prayer. Lord, if it's you, bid me to come. Mm -hmm. Kind of for the next season of my life, whatever that meant. You know, I didn't know. Uh, and the very next day, 
it just happened, right? So, <laughs> mm. um, the very next day, I, I get this contact out of nowhere. I had no previous contact with this group. Uh, and they reach out and invite me to go uh, and, and be a speaker at this global leadership pastors conference. And, um, and even more than I think me speaking at the conference, it was Jesus already answering that prayer. Wow. Lord, if it's you bid me to come, mm. come. And so it was getting out of the boat and onto the water. And I could give you, you know, moment after moment. Then it was Daystar television. Then it was yeah. uh, invitation to the uh, unity prayer gathering here in the city. Or now mm. it's Italian television. And it just seems like one thing after another. But I really felt it wasn't just for me. Mm. I felt it was, you know, was stirring something up in me. And I, I didn't want to project it onto other people. But I really felt... There was something for our church family Amen. that God was calling our church family. Now, whether it was, you know, cathedral church to the cathedral village, whether mm. that was the getting out of the boat thing. Mm. Um, anyway, that that was my experience, and I knew I felt like I needed to share that word yeah. uh, with our church family. Did you feel like you needed to do it immediately? I mean, was it just in you to just say? Like, I mean, because, yeah. you know, oftentimes you, it's something that maybe you want to embrace, but it just seems, this experience, it just seems like you just wanted to blast it. It was mm. just in your yeah. heart and your spirit. Mm. Like, kind of Jeremiah, it's shut up in my bones, I got to yeah. get it out of me, you know? It, it was. I mean, it was shut up in my bones. I felt like I needed to walk with it and sit with it for a while because I, I feel like sometimes, it's like that passage. It would have been easy to do it, one sermon on it, mm. and then you're done with it. Mm. But sometimes I think we, we skim over what we need to sit with for yeah. a while and just Good. soak in it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's less of a word and more of a season. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes there is a word for that moment, but sometimes mm -hmm. it's about a season. And, you know, this year we've been looking at what it looks like to do courageous things. Last year was all about yeah. being courageous That's and right. God prepared us with that powerful series you did yeah. about being courageous. And we needed that in that COVID time, but... This year, it's just sort of shifted to, yeah, be courageous, but now do courageous, not just have courage for what's coming, but have courage for where you're coming to. That's good. Uh, yeah. Uh, Radical courage. Yeah. You know I mean, you know what I mean, too? Because the whole concept of walking on water, yeah. you know what I mean? That's pretty, that's a, that's a, I, I love that, the look, because it's really, you know, kind of like looking at Peter, the context of, you guys just get out the boat, you know? Yeah, right. And yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I love that. You mentioned you mentioned uh, the COVID season, which is you know has been our reality, everyone's reality really for the last year and a half or so. Um, it it certainly has changed the church world, right? Yeah. What are, what are some of the things you think that has been? We we already know what's been difficult, right? It, we the gatherings have been kind of you know we had to go through a season of of just gathering online and stuff. But what do you think? God's always in the all the stuff, right? Like, so we've gained some things in this season too. So like, you know, what are, what are some things that you guys see that we've gained? I know like what, you know, what Pastor Wayne was saying in regards to just, you know, doing courageous. And, mm -hmm. and I, I, think, I think that is not necessarily just something for the folks, 
in the church, but also for the leaders in the church because they have to now do courageous church mm. radically different than they have. Mm -hmm. And, and it, you know, prior to the pandemic, I mean, if you think about it, the church, you know, it's always, we just know people are going to come, right, mm. in essence. Mm. Now, post-pandemic, people have had almost a year and a half to be re rewired and mm. I'm talking Christians and non-Christians. And mm. so in that year and a half, I just think now in the context of, of how people are looking at church, I think one of the things that, you know, doing courageous is that we have to look and see the new church in that, in, mm. with that question. Because, yeah. because I don't, I mean, I could be super wrong, but I don't think the church is not, is People are not going to flock back to the church. That's, you know, my simple opinion because, mm -hmm. because of this pandemic, because people have been rewired, and I just think um, folks are, we want yeah. them at the church. I mean, mm -hmm. we want you in the seats. Yeah. We miss you in the seats. Mm -hmm. But doing courageous is what if they don't come back? And yeah. I guess that's, that is the question, the rhetorical question for the moment. Well, I, I think two things show up in this. One is whenever there's shaking, God always, always says clearly in Scripture, I shake what can be shaken so that what's unshakable remains. So we've had some shaking going on. So we can sort of see. The other thing that happens is if I had a bowl over my head filled with a liquid, you would have didn't know what it is until you bump me and it spills out. I think what's happened is it's sort of revealed where some people are and that gives us the chance to step up and have church be church and have the presence of God be something people yearn for. And I think what it does is it shows us what's really inside and what we need to continue to grow in mm, because the gathering of the people of God is significant. I mean, right. scripture is pretty clear. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. And as much as I love being online and interacting with everybody during services, there's nothing like being in the presence of God with yeah. his people, experiencing what he can do in that moment. That's what's been so beautiful for the last couple of weeks of being back together is, you know, there's something that happens that mm. increase when we all lift our voices in God's presence and he fills that. And I think it's shown us that that's really valuable and that we have to continue yeah. to, I mean, we'll continue online because that's important. Now we have people all over the world watching mm -hmm. that couldn't Which watch otherwise. Awesome. Yeah. which has really expanded our influence. Right. And we've been in millions of homes now we wouldn't have been in. But that's to sort of call people back to this place. Maybe it's not church the way it used to be, but the church God wants us to do as we step in faith to the next season, as we come out of the next waters of 2021 and 2022, that as we step out, God's going to do something in us to just increase his power and presence when when we worship. Mm. I mean, the beautiful thing about Peter in this story is Jesus was with him. Mm. That's what made it possible. And Jesus is with us. He's with his church. He's manifesting himself. He can't wait to reveal himself in services. And so I think getting people to see the importance of coming together. I mean, like, that's what's happening for me. Every Sunday, I'm just, I can't stop weeping in mm. the middle of worship because it's just so beautiful to experience God's presence in that way. Mm. And being back together is part of that. And I think it helps us see that's a priority and we need to do that. And yeah. as wonderful as online is, it's not a substitute. It's just sort of an invitation. It's an mm. appetizer 
for what happens when we all come together in this process? See, I, I look at it different in the context of, in the book of Daniel, it, it suggests that in, in the last days we're going to see technology advance. And what we've seen in the last 50, 60 years of technology, it's, it's radically has mm -hmm. expedited where we can't even think, I mean, if you think about it, a phone now is more powerful than a local bank branch. I mean, you can mm -hmm. buy a home, you can buy a car. So I think with that mindset, I and mean, I totally get what you're saying in regards to, yes, you know, you're speaking to the, to the church, but our job as well is to, I mean, I get we, we're, we're to equip the church, but those who are dying without Christ, how do we connect? Mm -hmm. How do we connect with them? And so I guess that, I mean, we know the importance of a local church. I mean, we, I mean, I don't think I can live without the local church, but that's me. I'm, I've been a Christian for, you know, 35, 38 years. I get that. Yeah. But I think nowadays, you know, folks... This thing, this technology, I, I don't, I don't, I remember years ago, my wife's parents were pastors, and I remember when, you know, I've been married 30 years, and speaking to her parents about thinking about getting a computer, <laughs> and I remember her parents said, oh, no, we won't have a computer in our church, that's, you know, and they're old school, they were like, oh, no, that's like inviting, you know, I love my, my in-laws, but that's inviting, you know, the, the adversary, the enemy into our church. And I would look at them and say, you know, you can do a lot of budgeting. <laughs> you, can do a, yeah. you can do a lot of things right, with this yeah, thing called right. a computer. Was it an Apple or a PC? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. that'll make a difference. <laughs> yeah. That's right. So all that to say is that it just, I just, I, it, I wasn't there to tell him yeah. to get a computer and I get a computer. I'm just saying, I just looked at them and thought, yeah. That's an interesting paradigm to have. Mm -hmm. And so now, 2021, I think now you're seeing folks with, with this kind of, uh, you know, we have this opportunity now to say, okay, do we and how do we utilize? I mean, I know the church has been, I mean, the church, thank God, the cathedral, we, we've done great things to reach out to the folks. And, and uh, I was telling Pastor Ken, even on his Easter message i thought that was a brilliant brilliant message when mm. he was outside the pulpit yeah and went all over the bay area his mm. message was phenomenal and i just thought in some ways i thank god that we have a pastor here who who's not afraid to take a chance like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. away from the pulpit and i hope i'm wrong i hope people flock back in i really do but with that little thought is, what if they don't? So how do we, you know, I mean, you're the, I mean, what, what do you think about this? I, Yeah, <laughs> well, I think, you know, I think the challenges that the pandemic presented to the local church were real. One of the things I learned through the whole process, I think God built more flexibility into me. Mm -hmm. I tend to like structure. I work best in structure. Mm -hmm. um, but what I learned is that flexibility during the pandemic really was a key to being able to see not, okay, here's what we can't do, but what can we do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's how, like, and I think that flexibility then opened you up to God saying, okay, out of the boat and into the water, like we did with the television. But I think it's, it, to me, it's more of a both and, because I think, I think the church in every generation wants to try to maximize the tools that God brings to it, which is technology. But I think 
this, there's nothing that can substitute the celebration of the local church within a community. So I think it's figuring out as we've used technology, uh, technolo- technology digitally through mm-hmm. this time, you know, we still maintain, we've got 2,000 years of church history. You know, the church has been through pandemics before. Yeah. It has survived. Jesus said, I will build my church. It's the one thing Jesus said he would build and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Mm-hmm. So I think the church will continue to thrive. Uh, you know, is what will the new baseline be? Only God knows. Mm-hmm. But but I believe that like Wayne said, what can be shaken will be shaken, but the church, not just this local church cathedral, but the church in the Bay Area, it mm-hmm. will survive. But I think we have to, and it will thrive. It won't just survive, it'll thrive. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think then we got to figure out is let's not now throw away technology. Let's yeah. not do away with the digital right. world. Mm-hmm. But let's see how the digital world can continue to advance the gospel, you know, mm-hmm. and, and advance the mission and how the local church can maximize those tools like you've talked about, Adam, because I think it can. But I think it's not either or. Right. I think right. you, you can't replace the real... There's nothing like, like Wayne said, there's something about being together that just... It's different than being on Zoom. Even on Zoom oh, where there's no, no, interactive, no, no, no. Yeah. man, there's nothing like us for sitting here right. in the same space. Yeah. And when you go to church, uh, the other good thing, I think C.S. Lewis pointed out, one of the great things, because you know, I had this dialogue with a, a podcaster here recently, and, um, and uh, we were talking about the need for the local church. Does he need the local church, mm-hmm. kind of? You know, he's got his buddies who he's in a text mm-hmm. thing with, you know, and they've, they've got transparency, they've got accountability, you know, does he need the local church? And, and, and so we were kind of discussing this around a fire, and it was, it was a fiery discussion. So we were going back and forth. And so the thing I pointed out to him, I said, you know, the thing that happens in a local church, I mean, obviously, it was cathedral's credibility over 55 years that positioned us with the city yep. that enables us to serve. You know, you can't do that with five guys over the yeah, text, text, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing, though, I, I one of the other things I said, and I think I got this from C.S. Lewis, uh, and he's much smarter than I am, so mm-hmm. I love quoting him. But he talked about how in a local church, he said, the good thing about that is I'm with a people, a group of people I didn't choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's big. You know, when you, when you go to a, uh, when you're hanging out with your buddies and your friends, it's with people that you chose. Right. When that's I'm big. in it, when I go to church, I'm with a group of people that I didn't choose. And that's healthy for me. Mm-hmm. God chose them. Yeah. And it teaches me to love uh, people that are different than me. And people that I don't have everything in common with, you know. And so I think there's just a lot of things that happen in the setting that it's also the church's chance to highlight Mm -hmm. the value of being a part of a local community. That's why even at the end of the TV show, I was always saying, find a good local church near you. Mm -hmm. Because now's not the time to step away from the church. Now's the time to get plugged into the local church. And so I think it's figuring out to me, you know, how do you use technology to advance that? Well, one of the things I appreciate about you, Pastor Ken, uh, during this pandemic time is what you just said, is that instead of complaining about the government and blame shifting and pointing fingers at this and that and something else, 
your your whole approach to leadership was what can we do instead of what can't we do? And I think that's important for all of us when it's time to step out of it. What can I do versus what can't I do? I, th- I think what we're talking about here is very similar to what happened in Paul and Peter's day. They were in Jerusalem, but they left Jerusalem and they went to Rome. And the reason is all roads led to Rome. That was the center of life. That was the center of everything. And they knew the best way to get the gospel to the most amount of people was to go to Rome because that was the center. Now, the goal wasn't just the roads leading to Rome. The goal was getting people into fellowship so that they wrote 1 Peter and Ephesians and Galatians. It was all about fellowship. And I think sort of all roads leading to Rome is sort of like all roads lead to the internet now. And I think what happened is, even though we've been working with the internet for years, having online, many, many churches had never done that before. And it opened up the whole church to say, this is an important influence. We need to use this. But the goal isn't just the internet, just like the goal wasn't the roads to Rome. The goal was, hey, all roads lead to Rome so we can get the gospel out so they can come together in fellowship and relationship. Because in the end, discipleship isn't just truth to be known or experiences to be had, it's in relationship with God and with each other. And I think calling people to that hunger for that relationship is going to be really vital. I mean, sure, I can watch podcasts and or listen to them, and I can watch TV shows and sermons, and it's all truth, 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 but it's got to be lived out in relationship. Yeah, you know, Wayne, it reminds me, like when my dad first was on TV, my dad always believed in the power of media. Mm-hmm. I mean, first week he's here in the city, he gets on TV. Mm. You know, there's four stations. Mm. You know, now there's 300, 400 million. Now there's, you know, there was four stations. He gets on TV because he believed in the power of the media to reach people, Mm. to take the gospel, to use that tool. Um, That was the computer of its day, right? I mean, that Mm. was the new technology. Um, But he always, as a pastor, he always knew that the, the, the television was a supplement, not a substitute. Yeah. And I would, I would hear sure. him share that all the time, that That's it good. was a supplement, not a substitute to being plugged into a local church. That's so good. And so he would, uh, he would always, and I think because he was coming from a pastor's background, mm-hmm. I mean, he was a pastor. Yeah but he also believed in the power of media. Mm. And maybe that's what he modeled to me. So it's like, as we move into the, yeah. what's the, the new technology today, mm-hmm. right? The, yeah. um, it's like, it's, these things become a supplement to everything we're doing, but that's not right. really a substitute that's good. for um, the experience of the local church. But I think what we're talking about is really capturing this story of stepping out of the boat. Because one of the things that keep you from stepping out of the boat is Peter had been on the water all of his life. I mean, his whole yeah. career was on the water in a boat. And in that moment, he's stepping out of what he was used to, stepping out of what he was comfortable with, stepping into something that he'd never done before. Yeah. And I think the church can get stuck. There was a great book that came out years ago called The Seven Last Words of the Church. Uh, just like we have the seven, <laughs> seven last sayings of Christ on the cross. The seven last uh, words of the church are this. Should I do an Easter series on that? No. <laughs> so here's the seven last words of the church. We've never done it that way before. Oh, that's good. And so yeah. what happens yeah. is people get used to a form. Now, the reality is there are two kinds of attributes. God has attributes that belong to him only. Only he has all power. Only he knows all things. Only he is immutable, which means he never changes. We, then there's other attributes that we can have, love, joy, peace, 
Those are part of who he is we can have. But we tend to want to be immutable. We tend to want to get everything just right. You know, I remember my mother would say, the house is clean, don't mess anything up. It's perfect right now. And it's like, we want to get our whole life together. But God's whole process is, don't get comfortable in that boat. Yeah. You know, just because you did church this way, just because you led your life this way, just because your career was that way, don't let that boat limit you from stepping out. Uh, I was looking the other day, the word, when, G, when he said, come, that word come shows up over 600 times in the New Testament. And mm. I think that really captures, you know, the two great actions of Jesus or calls of Jesus to action is, hey, come, come follow me, you know, come to me, you know, come to me, all you laboring and heavy laden, come out mm. on the water. And I think what it is, is it's exiting what we're comfortable with, exiting where we're used to and taking the risk to try something new. And, you know, that's where we are as a church right now. Yeah. You know, we don't want to do innovative just to do innovative. We don't want to be risky just to be risky, but we want to hear what God's calling us to. Yeah. And I think, I just don't want to say, oh, this is about jumping out of planes or going parasailing. Right, Those right. may be great and they might be great risk, but what does it look like to really say, God, I just don't want to be comfortable with where I am. I want to come closer to you. I want to, because when I come, I'm closer to him. I'm closer to being with him and, and hearing from him. And, and I, I just think there's a longing in all of us for that. What I see is the gift of uncertainty. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's a gift. That's a great word. Yeah. It's a gift to us. And that's because that highlights the need to hear what the master's saying. And keep our mm. eyes on him. <laughs> Absolutely. Like it, it, the fundamental of our faith, right? And I think that's why I appreciate about how, you, how you've led us through this, Pastor Ken, being um, you obviously had your antenna up to, to get the word to be courageous before the pandemic even hit. I mean, that's, I mean, that, I don't know about you, but that like, that really gave me a lot of comfort. Like, okay, we're not alone here. Mm -hmm. God's with us. Yeah. And um, he's, he's, He's speaking, and that's one of the things. Like with this this water walking series, uh, you know, fast forward to now, uh, you know, on the hind ends of the pandemic, maybe or something. But like, it's just, I think like it, the gift of uncertainty has us question everything. Like it's it's a it's a supplement. It's it's not a substitute for Christ Himself. Mm. You know, you know, and, yeah. Um, and how, like, I, I highlighted my need to really lean into the father and it's like, what do you, what do I need to do in this season? You know, because in, in some respects, man, the gift of uncertainty is, is, is a beautiful thing. Like it's a, it's a, it's an artist playground, right? It's mm. chaos is what artists use to make things, you know, that's God spoke into the chaos. Right. And, um, and I think that I, I was highly productive during the season. Like, <laughs> we released three singles. We released a full album. We made, you know, launched podcasts. And, you know, and I think it, it awakened my soul to be like, okay, you take away the gathering, as in, you know, the pandemic take away the gathering. Which is radical, Bob. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, like, but, not, but this can't be all that God can use. Like what else? Right. What else can Absolutely, we? Yeah. What else can he speak into and bring life to? So I thought that was a gift to us in a, in a certain respect, and I and I and just to tie it back again to the series about how stepping, you know, the the gift of uncertainty is we don't know what tomorrow holds, but we can't stay here, like the you know the one of the, the perspectives that you have people that act like there never was a pandemic, and then you mm -hmm. act like people that the pandemic's never going to leave, mm -hmm. and then you have some people in the middle. Uh, we can't just sit there and hide, you know, and be until everything is certain, 
right? Until everything is safe, until everyone is vaccinated, or to what? We can't live like that. Like it's a fear-based kind of way of living. I mean, of course you have wisdom and things like that, but like, how can we move forward? And and so like this kind of series with water walking, like is it's stirring in me to 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 know that. To follow God is to move forward, is forward motion. Mm. You know, I just had celebrated my son's eighth birthday. Mm. And science, eight years old. Yeah. Gee, money. And I tell you, like, I was highly emotional, this one. Like, it was, I was, I woke up weeping, like, and I felt like something's leaving me. And, um, and, and to bring this back to the church life, it was like, I'm, I'm never, I'm never going to get this eighth birthday again. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think for us as a church, we're never going to get 2020 back again. We're never going to get 1995 back, whatever that was. Um, and, and I think in our faith, we're never going to get yesterday back. Mm. But we have, we need to step into tomorrow. Yeah. And that, that was that's what, good. that's what I'm hearing from you, Pastor Ken, and, and hearing from the spirit of God for all of us is that, yeah, we, yeah, we're going to lose some things. You know, it's just the that's the nature of being in in time, but God is is calling us forward. You know, you're, as you're speaking, Ron, I was just thinking that you're right. I mean, being part of a church is is so key, so foundational. It's so needed. It's so important. You know, I mean, for 12 years, I had the chance to you know the pastor of the Oakland Raiders and and. Uh, I remember we would have, you know, this one gentleman, he would come, one player, and he would say, man, I can't miss chapel because I need to reset my iOS, you know? Mm, yeah. And operating system, you know, it's yeah. kind of a computer lingo stuff, but, but he was serious. Yeah, and that's sure. And that's what I think I hope people, you know, however they come to mm. through the doors is that, it's, it's such a beautiful thing to walk into a place, and I love what you said, Pastor Ken, in regards to work with people of all different ethnicities, economical levels. I mean, we're all radically different. You walk into a place, and, and, uh, and, and, and cathedral is a place of love. You know, you walk in this, like, you can almost feel it in the air, this love, and you walk in, and and I'm just thinking, you know, coming in for the first time, and you, you, what is this, you know? And this is a true story. My, I have my grandmother, my dad's mom, came to Cathedral of Faith. She spoke no English. She was 90 years old. Wow. Total Catholic, right? Never been to a Christian church, but my uncle brought her to Cathedral. And this is with your pops. And she just started crying. She goes, that man, mm -hmm. Jesus is all over him. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so yeah. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying this wow. is because this is why I think, you know, Pastor Ryan, you're talking about the church, right? I mean, this is when people walk in, nothing can, nothing that society or culture, sports, Whatever it is, man, you walk into a place like this called church, it, it's, it, it's indescribable of what happens to the midst or to the depths of our soul. Mm -hmm. And you can only experience that. You know, you get taste on podcasts. You get taste on, yep. on, on online. You get taste of it, right? 
But when you walk into a place where people are unified and, and with one person in mind, Jesus, it's radical. Mm-hmm. And you can only experience yeah. that in a place where other believers who are all messed up, <laughs> including myself, <laughs> yeah. broken. I need to reset my ILS every week, <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Pastor Ken, as people come in, and and that's it's pretty awesome that's when you think awesome. about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It is. Well, the whole discourse of the writer of Hebrews, he gives the whole faith chapter of all these people who had faith. And then the whole purpose of it is, hey, run with perseverance because you have this cloud of witnesses. Now, I used to think that meant, oh, we have this great cloud of people watching us, so we better do well. But the, re- the reality in that text, what it's saying is we look, for faith by recognizing other people's faith around us. So when I come to church, I have people believing for salvation for their family, people believing for healing, people who've experienced healing, and we become a cloud of witnesses to each other to help us have faith to step out into that new place. Because honestly, it's easier to stay still. I mean, you know, Peter expressed this earlier when he was with Jesus on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration. They're having this great glory moment. He's like, oh, let's just build a tabernacle and stay here forever. Mm-hmm. And it's like we all want to just sort of stay in this moment because it's safe. But the reality is following Jesus means stepping out. And, mm-hmm. you know, if I didn't step out, I wouldn't make the transitions. I wouldn't. Right. Uh, you wouldn't evolve. Yeah, you, you wouldn't evolve. Yeah. And there was, there was something right. that Ruthie said um, we're not just supposed to go through life. We're supposed to grow through life. And mm-hmm. I think that's how I grow. I have this formula that I give leaders all the time that says growth means you have to change. Change means you have to have loss. Loss means you're going to have pain. So in other words, to grow, you have to have pain. And that pain is really stepping out of where I am into something new and mm-hmm. recognizing it's not easy. And all I have to know is the next step. Right. I don't have to know all of them. Yeah. Yep. I just have to know, this is what God said. I take that one step. Mm-hmm. He said, come. So I was like, okay, I'll do that one thing. Because I tend to want to see everything down the road. Okay, what's the implications? Where this going? Right. <laughs> let, let me analyze all yeah. this. I want the details, and, and, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I want the whole <laughs> strategy. And God's like, no, just step. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you got to move forward is to leave behind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You can't. Well, that's, this paradox, yeah. Yeah, and I think what you said about, you know, I, I think, again, looking back at the you know, crisis is, it's the catalyst mm-hmm. that, that moves us out the, of the boat the and storm. into the water. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, uh, but whatever it takes to move us out onto the water, it's, um, you know, taking that step of faith mm-hmm. into, <laughs> you know, Jesus, uh, or, or Peter asked Jesus, I read this in a commentary that, that Peter didn't ask Jesus for a guarantee. He just asked him for a command. Mm-hmm. Well, that's he, didn't, he didn't say, Jesus, promise I won't sink. Yeah, yeah. He just said, Jesus, command me to come. Mm-hmm. And so the whole thing of uncertainty, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the new logo for our church should be a question mark. Right? <laughs> <laughs> who knows, right? That's right. Well, it was what the future holds, but but the deal is, I mean, isn't that the nature of life? Absolutely. You know, if you 100%. want, if you want, 
yeah, if 100%. you were born into the wrong species, really. Absolutely. Because life involves risk. You can't That's right. live without risking, really. Absolutely. You know, everything is risky. <laughs> Absolutely. And everything's dangerous and everything's filled with pain. It, it is, yeah. yeah. And so I think, again, we, we try to uh, sometimes arrange our lives in such a way where we, where, we, where we minimize that. Yeah. But if you minimize it too much... Then you stop living, yeah. right? And, uh, and progressing. Yeah. Stop progressing. You stop yeah. growing, and I don't want to ever stop growing. Yeah. I mean, sometimes again, I at least, spir at least spiritually. Spiritually, that's <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew enough weight wise during the pandemic. <laughs> I don't need to grow that anymore. That. That's really good, Pastor Ken. Yeah. You know, because I, um, you know, the, the growing and the evolving of the church, and um, you know, I think about it. In terms of a father, again, you know, like I, he can't be eight forever, you yeah. know, and um, and and to move forward, there's loss and and there's there's gain and there's pain, um, you know. And I saw um, somewhere uh, a few weeks ago about you know, life is hard, and but choose your hard, you know. It's it's hard to be in shape. But it's also hard to be out of shape. Mm -hmm. you know, right. It's yeah, it's, it's just different pains, right? Yeah. It's it's finding the right clothes or yeah. dealing with health problems down the line, um, and it's 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 hard to 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 walk this thing out with Christ. But there's it's also there's it's a different type of hard to abandon it and to to live it however you choose to live it. Um, you know, and I th I think too like. You meant we mentioned uh, your father and how you know, he passed this down to you, right? You know, this you grew up in the faith and it was handed off from one generation to another. And I, I look at this how it's like how you were saying like we have to move forward because we have to move forward. I have to move forward because it's not just about me. Mm -hmm. It's about That's my right. it's about my son picking this thing up someday, mm -hmm. and it's about our children and and the next generation. And I, I think one of the things that like it strikes me of, is with technology and how we're exposed to so much more now. We, we, we highlight our, we, we experience great things, but we also highlight our dysfunctions. We're a highly egotistical culture right now. It's about us, you know, most of our pictures are selfies. Like, you know, we're, we're focused on our world, our experience. Wait a second. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, actually, today's yeah. National Selfie Day. <laughs> Here we go, Vaughn. All right. Um, but I think, too, like, I, I was thinking about this, the, uh, you know, in terms of, like, I have this running note on my phone that says, things I want to tell you. And it's from my son. If mm -hmm. anything should ever happen to me. These are quotes that I've mm -hmm. picked up. These are thoughts that I've, you know, uh, brought up myself or uh, discovered. Um, and... I've, I feel like we've lost the art of living beyond ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look, and you, especially when you go over over to Europe and stuff, and you see these buildings, or you see the pyramids, even like the architects never saw the finished product. That's right. You know, and I think this is—you mentioned the church is two thousand years old. It didn't start with us, and it's not going to end with us. You know, so it's that mentality in, in, and not just even the leaders. It's even, it's, it's supposed to be the church's mentality that this is, this is not just about us. It's about how do we live walking on water so that we can 
so that the church can benefit, that the family yeah. of God can move forward. Um, yeah, so I, I just think that's an interesting thought, like of how like I need to 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 live in mind way beyond my life. Like, and I think even what did Pasha Kenny yeah, have to yeah, say? Yeah, my dad used to, the people would say, someone asked him or said to him one time, Kenny Foreman, I hope you live to see all your mm. dreams fulfilled. And my dad said, oh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great response. <laughs> oh, man. And he would say to me, he said, never outlive your dreams. Yep. Have a dream that's big enough that it outlives you. That's right. And, uh, yeah. That's so good. And so... Speaking of your dad. Yeah. I would, like, have you thought of how, like, what would it, what would your dad have done in this season? Like, just maybe some of his... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, that's something I think... Because you, it, you know, yeah. and just, uh, of course, everyone knows context, but, like... Yeah. For you, this size of church, the, for the legacy it's had, like you can't just think about one thing. You can't think about what's good for just the people inside. You got to think about what, you, again, your relationship with the city. You got to think about, there's so much more that you have on your perspective than like maybe we would have on our, uh, a different perspective. So like, I'm just curious, like, if, you know, going through this, have you thought of like, man, dad, what, what would you do now? Like, what would you... Uh, I think God took him to heaven so he wouldn't have to do this. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say, I'll, 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 say <laughs> I'll say, Pastor Ken, that part of what drove your dad that drives Cathedral is seeing the needs no one else sees, yes. hearing the cries no one else hears, meeting the needs no one else is meeting, and that's exactly what you did during this time. Sure that's was. what started his ministry. That's what characterized yeah. your ministry during this time. We stepped up and $40 million worth of food later here we are still yeah. serving. You know, we stepped up and we're building a facility for people who are housing challenged. And, you know, I think it's that very thing. What What's nobody else seeing and doing? Mm. And I think that's where you stood out too during this time is a lot of churches, as I said earlier, all they did was complain and point mm. fingers and, and write horrible things about government leaders. And it's like, no, no, no. What you do is what you can do. And that's what you stood mm. up and did. And I just really appreciate that leadership. You know, because when... We're all going to go through a crisis in our lives. And the church went through a crisis last year. Yeah. And what you did was you teach us what to do in a crisis. Some pastors were saying, here's what to do in a crisis. Blame people, complain, put it on somebody else, shift the blame. You didn't do any of that. You just stood up and you led us into caring for the, those who had needs. And that's what you do. You do what you can do. And I think that's exactly what your dad would have done. I think it, with that DNA yeah. was so in you, it just happened naturally. Mm. Uh, because you heard the cries and you saw the knees instead of just pointing fingers and blaming, mm. which every other pastor I saw online was doing. And it's like what you basically taught your family then, your church family, is when you're in the crisis, just point fingers and blame people. And it's like, no, that's not what you do. You do what you can do. And I just really appreciate your leadership during oh. that time, bud. Well, just think fun. about the food, right? I mean, yeah. how many thousands of, of families were, man, were fed? Right. Hundreds of thousands. I mean... It's crazy. That, that's yeah. radical to think about, you know? It's profound, actually. Over 600,000 individuals <laughs> receive food through this facility mm. and the people of this church and the generosity of Which God. Which were experiencing crisis. Yeah. You see, where they yeah. weren't coming in line simply because there was free food. Yeah, they no. were coming in line because there was nothing to eat. Yeah, mm. I, I know I think Dad mm. would have been, and I'm sure he was, if God gave him a glimpse, uh, 
so proud of the way Cathedral stepped up. Mm. I mean, um, like Dr. Wayne said, uh, God positioned Cathedral for that moment. Mm -hmm. And the courage, even. I mean, we were out there. I mean, we were still trying to uh, practice uh, safe habits. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But there was still a lot of unknown yeah. and sure uncertainty was. at that yeah. time about the, the virus. Mm -hmm. Much more than, I mean, we, our, we knew much more. Well, we know much more now than we did back then. Right, yeah. Um, but the church rallied. Yeah. We didn't run away from the pandemic. We ran toward the people who mm -hmm. were suffering. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been the testimony of the church for 2,000 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, again, we tend to think, well, this plague, you know, it's like the baseball, this generation, you know, is, well, we've seen the best player ever, right? Mm -hmm. Well, there was another player in another generation. Mm -hmm. that, you know, this hasn't been the only pandemic, yeah. you know, yeah. that the church has had to face. Sure. I mean, but the way the church has rallied in other pandemics and the way cathedral rallied, mm. I was so proud of the way the church family, and I, do, I know dad mm. would have been so proud of the way the church family rallied mm. to serve the community and, um, and mm. to be bridge builders. You know, my dad has always been a bridge builder. Mm. And I think that DNA in the church of, of building bridges to our community, of serving the community, uh, building bridges to the city so we could team up with the city to serve yeah. the community. Yeah. So we, I think how we tried to model that, again, it was, that was a horribly difficult year to mm. navigate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because things were changing all the time and you, yeah. it required extraordinary flexibility. Yeah. You know, and scaling up systems and, you know, tweaking things as you went along. And, uh, but I think God gave us the grace, you know, to move into that mm -hmm. and, uh, and to, to, again, deepen each of us through it. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. I, I think I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a more maybe weathered pastor, mm. but I think I'm a better pastor That's good. coming through that.